This is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. I'm Gordon Smart. You have downloaded the 407 podcast that also exists in the evening show world. Matt Morgan is here. We have been covering Johnny Vaughan this week and we've covered a lot of ground, Matt. Yep, we've spoken about um, parents' evening. We have. Parent evening shame. Shame. To be specific. Unconventional payments. Yeah, which got us in trouble. Got uh, me in a lot of trouble at home. I can't remember anything else. It's just a blur. It's an a enjoyable blur. blur. Producer Neil's got a microphone for a change. Anything else we're missing there, Neil? Say something, Neil. No. Like no, Gallagher. Like interview oh, yeah. on Monday. That seems like such a long time ago, doesn't it? Well, it was, wasn't it? But we didn't cause any trouble with Lewis Capaldi this time, did we? No, that's, yeah, water under the bridge. Uh, some stuff about tongues. Robotic tongues. That's still bothering me, you and your scientific tonguing. Pervert letdown. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you introduced us to a new character that has joined Radio X, the Spanish curious man called Carlos. Carlos, coming from Madrid, a mile under Madrid. (laughs) So if that sounds like it's up your street, please enjoy the 407 Evening Show combination podcast. (laughs) Uh, And if you do, tell all your friends and leave a little review. Enjoy. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Thank you very much, Dr. Sunta Templeton. Gordon Smart here, back after two weeks on holiday. Matt Morgan is with me as well. All right, Matt. Hello, I'm here. You are I'm here. Back. We are standing in for Johnny Vaughan for the next fortnight. He's off on holiday. Producer Sai, little Sai there, both off ski as well. So Neil and Vin are deputising. This is a real team. chance for Tier 2 and Tier 3 at Radio X to shine, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Toby Tarnison from Oilsley. We are in for Johnny. And we've got a fortnight ahead. Matt, have you been well? I've been well, yeah, I'm good. Quite sweaty today. It's not like well, I was, I've had a bit of a morning, so I've been <laughs> rushing around. Uh, yeah, it's not only me being a sweaty man in the studio, but I'm glad you've joined me. Yeah, no, it's quite warm in here though. So it's lovely to return to London after two weeks away. Just remind yourself of the heat and the smell of this terrible place. Anyway, we've got loads lined up today, including Mr. Noel Gallagher. As if that wasn't very predictable on Radio X, Noel will be joining us to talk about his new tune. This is the place. It's our record of the week, and that's all coming up later in the show. Right now, getting us underway, the shoe. Anyway, the strokes right now on Radio X. Radio X. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. You're normally quite composed and calm and laugh at me when I turn up with sweaty, sort of steamed up glasses, but you came in in a bit of a, as we would say in Scotland, a fankle today. A fankle? Yes. Yeah, no, I had, yeah, I just, um, I mean, it's very boring, but I had to, <laughs> I had to do a work call and... I at 2pm but I'm going to be here about 3pm so I didn't want to do the work on the train because I hate talking to people on the phone on the train because yeah, yeah. there's people around that's horrible so I had all these timing problems I had to post some stuff that yep. took longer than I thought it was going to be right so I was par- <laughs> what I parked were you the posting? car <laughs> just some stuff don't worry uh, <laughs> I parked the car and then got out the car started the call as I'm walking away from the car thinking right I've done this is yeah. alright at the station and then I see a sign saying British Rail staff only you'll get a fine for parking here and I could and my new phone I couldn't put it onto hands free and oh. just like reverse the car and re-park yeah. the car and it was and it was like a important work call someone I'd never spoke to before and so I just had to, he was talking. I was like, oh, no, I'm just getting later and later. <laughs> sweatier and, and sweatier. Then I, and sort of about three quarters of the way through the phone call, I just thought, I've got to repark the car. Right. So then I did start reversing the car, and then I drove down. There was no parking spaces, so I was just stuck in my car. It was just, it was a nightmare. What's your holding phrase when you're on the phone pretending you're listening? What, you mean as he's talking? Do you have a like a, mm-hmm, 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 uh-huh? I don't do any of that. I listen. <laughs> just that's, why I can't, that's why I can't cope with driving the car or do anything else, because right. I'm completely tuned into what he was saying. Yeah, so then you're running late after I all I can't that multitask. Can. You can't, you can't way, do anything more than What's that. What's your holding phrase? I've, I've noticed recently I've got a really bad habit of saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I know. More like a beetle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Hey, Matthew, what do you see? What do you see, Matthew? I see a man with a cheque for 20 grand and no foreskin. Ooh. Yeah. Didn't see that. I didn't see that one around the corner. <laughs> I chose my words wisely there. Um, <laughs> Learned my lesson yeah. from earlier on. A patient has received a payout of 20 grand after he was given the wrong procedure at an NHS hospital. <laughs> Terry Brazier, 70. I didn't realise he was 70. That changes it in my mind a little bit. Poor tell. Went to Leicester Royal Infirmary to get some Botox in his bladder in 2015. Now, you're going. I knew your eyebrows would go up. Your lack of eyebrows would go up <laughs> over that. <laughs> Leave my eyebrows out of this. Obviously, Botox is used in numerous medical procedures, isn't it, that aren't just Simon Cowell's forehead. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, no, so obviously, uh, I think, yeah, isn't Botox like botulism? It's like some sort of terrible bacteria. But anyway. So stiffening up his bladder was the operation. Something like that. He had a, you know, he wanted his bladder not beautified. It was a proper medical thing. Right. Somehow his notes got mixed up and he ended up getting a circumcision instead, Oof. which he described as a real surprise. <laughs> <laughs> at 70. That's how old he was, wasn't he? Yeah, 70. So when I, I sort of, sort of thought, read it, I don't know, I thought he was 20 when I read it the first time. That changes things for me. I think, like, because what I wanted to talk about is the money, like how much, you know, like, right. like where do they come up with okay. the figure? Yeah, what's right? the but formula anyway, to work out the, the, the um, and what's the word I'm looking for? Compensation. The compensation. But, like, if you're at 70, right, you know, like, you're, you've lived a long time before it went. Yeah. But anyway, it changes things for me. But... <laughs> He sat uh, chatting to staff during the procedure, so he wasn't in general aesthetic, anaesthetic, and he uh, didn't realise they were performing the wrong procedure, because how would you? Well, yeah, so you're you know. numb down there, yeah, but... Well, it's the same area. You know, you're you all think, numb. Mm. Right, to, to go in and do the bladder operation, you would expect that wouldn't be down the pipe. It would be... <laughs> anyway, well, carry anyway, on. You, you're all <laughs> numb. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Because if they go, hang on, did you say your name's Terry? And they all look terrified. <laughs> um... Yeah, so yeah, the nurse was talking to him. He went in for a cystoscopy plus Botox bladder injection. Uh, Medical director of University Hospitals Leicester, Andrew Furlong, said, we remain deeply and genuinely sorry for this mistake uh, for occurring and I would like to take this opportunity to once again apologise to Mr Brazier. I don't like the use of the word genuinely there. Yeah. If you're making an apology, you shouldn't have Always to... Always be genuine. It's superfluous, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, that's like they've added that in. Yeah, that should have been like, corrected by the press Those other officer. apologies we made, yeah, yeah. we didn't really mean. But yeah. this one, we feel really sorry for this guy. <laughs> Um, we take events like this very seriously and also this is wrong look, and carried out a thorough investigation at the time to ensure that we learnt from this incident and do all we can to avoid it happening again is worded like it might happen again yeah you don't want it? to hear these things do you so I presume that uh, Mr Brazier had to go under the knife again then to have a second procedure to correct what he needed to fix in the well, first place he must place. have done yeah he must have had that They're also terrible. where's the other guy who went in for a circumcision yeah at 70, because they wouldn't have gone like, oh, it says in his notes he's 20. They must have noticed. Yeah. People must have been the same age, right? Where's the other guy who came out and they went, we've Botoxed your... Um, well, I uh, hope there's not somebody who went in for a skin graft who's woken <laughs> up with a very loose bit of skin attached to their hip. A tiny little addition. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I say. So what's interesting here for us is the, the compensation. Right, why, why is it £20,000? And what value would attach to other parts of your body should you get that wrong? What would you, if you were skint, what would you accept for your foreskin? <sighs> 40, wow. 42 I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a decent figure, doesn't it? Yeah. Right, I'm going to go and ponder that for a long time, Matthew. I'd do it for 20 grand. 20 grand for a, a new, or one to be removed? Yeah. 
Right, good. Thanks, Matt. The 20... <laughs> things we've learned. Today. Anyone needs one. <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. We've just been discussing Terry Brazier, who went for an operation in Leicester. He was in to get his bladder sorted out with a little bit of Botox. We're not going to go into the detail of why, but he was uh, surprised at the end of the operation to realise he had had another procedure removing his foreskin. Yes. Now, he was compensated to the tune of £20,000, which raises the question, what part of your body would you be willing to offer up for a bit of cash? Yeah. Well, now, I, looked, I looked into it and basically... Um, a lawyer texted in and said, like, there's these guidelines <clears throat> of how they work out compensation. Yeah. So they set it against that, and then they look at previous cases and see ah, how much, right. you know, if there's been a precedent set. The bounty. Right? The bounty. How, these are the amounts billed for transplants, right, for okay. organs. So it's slightly different. This isn't like if one of these was removed, how much money you would get back for it, because half of these things you would die without. <laughs> right? right okay. Slightly different. But uh, how much do you think a kidney is worth? Well, I would, if we're going to use the information we already have, £20,000 for a foreskin, I think it's considerably more valuable. You can, as we know from producer Neil, live on one kidney. Um, one and a half kidney, sorry. I've got one and a half foreskins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say £80,000 sterling. Right. Wow. Your centre? If it was accidentally removed, I would expect eighty thousand pounds. No, that's not what's going on. No, here. it's being—it's the cost of buying one. This is is like, this on the black market or officially? This is official. Like how much it would be. So I don't know where they're getting them from. I still think eighty thousand pounds. Yeah. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say fifty thousand. Okay. Well, we're talking in dollars, but actually dollars. the dollar and the pound are pretty yeah. similar yeah. at the moment, right? So four hundred and fifteen grand <gasps> for a kid. Sunta, that shows you how little we value hey. <laughs> the organs that process liquid. Yeah. Dear Lord. Well, right. Might be cheap. Should we start this as a higher or lower competition? Okay. Right, me and Sunta are going to go head right. to head, Matt. In- oh. Oh, we've got music. Intestine. Higher or lower than kidney? I'm going to say, if there's quite a lot of it, that's my logic here, so I'm going to say lower than 415. Uh, okay, I'll say higher then. Sunta's right. 1.1 million for an intestine. For a full, that's a full intestine. I thought you meant a section. It's a lot of it. it yeah, like you said. A section of it. Yeah, well, the whole thing. All right. The whole thing. Cornea in the eye. Wow, that's got a big value. That's premium. That's Park Lane a monopoly. I'm going to say, as seven figures, I'm going to go higher than the intestine. Uh-uh, a lot uh-uh, higher. Uh-uh, lower, lower. I think there's more of them yeah. around. There's well, there's two of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thirty grand for a cornea. It's nothing. What? Nothing. Gordon, you know nothing, mate. How on earth is your lower intestine worth more than the, the, the power of sight? That's because madness. You can live without your cornea. Mm, you could live with one eye. Okay. It's different, isn't it? Um, <laughs> all right, let's go for the big one. Right. The heart. Mm. Well, that's got to be the that's got to be Park Lane or Monopoly. I'm going to say the f- full 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 dough. It's got to be millions. I don't know. You can can you not use a pig's heart now? So that might have reduced the cost of it a bit. I'm going to say lower. It, the, well, what it was in intestine was 1.1 million. Oh, the heart is 1.4 million, so it's not that much higher. <laughs> who is selling? Who is it that's selling these 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 parts of the body? Organ harvesters. Yeah, <laughs> come and talk to me after the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think these are probably from cadavers. Right. Okay. Have you got any more um, but I th- I obscure stuff in the if body? You're alive, right? Yeah. And you are skint. Mm. There's yeah. probably a market where you go to some country that's probably like got lax rules and sell your corneas. Yeah. Or yeah. one of them. 
Wow. That's but there's always that's hope. a dark moment hope. in your life, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, that's a... That's, that's a, low. What about that um, urban myth about someone waking up in a bar full of ice? Yeah. Do you remember that thing? And a thing saying, phone an ambulance, we've stolen your kidneys. Yeah. It's an Northern Welsh book, isn't it? It's in the, the most happen, recent version of Trainspot. Neil, you look really shocked. So we, sh- we should yeah. point out, producer Neil had part of his kidney removed, mm. but that wasn't illegal. He didn't wake up in a bath. No, that no. wasn't. With no. Vernon Kay above him, like, laughing like a maniac. How much money did you get for that half a kidney? Oh. <laughs> it didn't work, so no one wanted to buy it. It Neil, had that value. That's the news. The Scotchman, Neil, there. He had, to, he had to sell part of it to get rid of it. What would you sell on your book? Like, what could you do without? Well, as as you're all aware, I get a lot of abuse for having no eyebrows and the size of my feet. I'm a size eight and a half, which so seems to the, cause a lot of ridicule. The I would that. Well, I would happily trade an inch of another part of my body to give me another shoe size, just to stop the abuse I get for that. That's half of it, though, isn't it? <laughs> this is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Matt, I was just talking to you there about embarrassing gaps in my knowledge, right? So the kids, when they ask a question, you try and wing it and give them a good answer and struggle. Yeah. So I failed to give a reasonable answer about why it would be dark in the Mediterranean when it was light somewhere else in the world. And you said I should have just got a torch and an orange and shone it on it. Didn't have yeah, either of those you things. Could have used that. Yeah. Could have done mm. that. But have you got any embarrassing gaps in your well, knowledge? This this weekend we went to the seaside and there yep. was this beach we'd been to before that was like amazing. It was all rock pools, everything. Like so we were we walked so far to get to this beach that we knew about. Yeah. And we've like so me, one of four, four adults with their partners, eight adults and eight kids basically tramping along this beach to get to this amazing rock pool beach. And then when we got there we realised, oh the tide's in. <laughs> Oh. This, that place is underwater now. Yeah. And then we realised none of us knew how to... Like, we were like, oh, so when does it go out? Like, we don't know anything about it. Immediately exposed as being a generation that's completely lost touch with really basic stuff. Yeah. Like, that would have been... Even people who lived in land, I reckon, would have known that tide... So it happens twice a day. Yeah. And it's like 12 hours apart. But doesn't it yeah. change throughout the year? I think it does, but it's slowly. So each day, yeah. yeah. So there's like a, yeah. There's, but it was like <laughs> ridiculous. Well, and what? also, one of the children found a shark egg. What? We didn't know what it was. And we had to Google it and it was a shark egg. Are they like flat? Yeah, it's like a sort of pillow with four strings on each corner like a black thing i thought i was going that's a type of seaweed that's a type of seaweed <laughs> and it wasn't it was a shark egg or like there's certain fish lay eggs like that yeah god that's it really is interesting how you get exposed your granddad would be horrified with that for oh, example yeah, loads of, yeah you know I, I feel embarrassed that I, I couldn't properly change the oil in the, the car engine for instance you need a man to come and do it or a woman to come yeah. and do it now but then that is that it's true that like com- there's so much like technology in a car yeah it's very hard beyond a certain point of like you should be able to do the tires and the oil and stuff yeah but you can't fix your own car these days because there's an onboard computer there's like yeah you know, of course yeah i get embarrassed every year when i'm asked to explain why the clocks go forward mm. and i know it's something to do with scottish farmers yeah come on Cinta you're the news expert here with oh come on I've thrown it in right not yet. really news that's not, not really news but you, every year just really to remind news. you do it once a year don't you just to remind you the clocks you go, go forward you go back yeah. yes and yes. it's all to do with making sure it's light enough for farmers yes in, in the, the north of Scotland winter. why can't you just get up later or earlier why can't they why can't the problem be for them <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't know it's a good point have you got any embarrassing gaps that. in your knowledge since probably loads I'm all, I'm, I'm, I try to avoid talking to children because they, that's when it will get exposed. Yeah. So you mind yeah. at that age where it's just why, 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 yeah. why, why? And then I've run well, out. This is when they're loaded with information from mm. primary school and they go, 
Dad, do you know what gender a worm is? And you think, oh, what? God, here we go. <laughs> here we go. We are looking for your embarrassing gaps in knowledge. Is there anything that's sort of caused you to trip up recently? That is quite a bad one, the tides. Yeah. Um, Not knowing a horse and a pony are different animals. Yeah. Things when, like that. When should you trim a hedge? <laughs> that's one that came up recently. Is in my head. Yeah, there's a specific time that you're supposed to do that every year. Really? There is a specific time to do that. Is there an embarrassing gap in your knowledge? 83936 at Radio X. This is Dad FM. <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. I'm Gordon Smart. I'm here with Matt Morgan on Radio X, and we are here today to concentrate on the glory and the majesty of a rock and roll legend and icon. He's the kind of man who wakes up in the morning, says something to his wife that makes the front page of the paper. He's from the People's Republic of Maidavale, the little menace from Little Venice, the one and only No Gallagher. Ooh, yeah. Right, Matt, have you got a silly question for him? No, I just wanted to ask you why you uh, once did a number two in an egg box. Fair <laughs> 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 <But> what? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We... That got quite out of the thing, didn't it? Yeah, but this means it's not been said. I remember quickly. this. I remember. I didn't this. bring it up. Someone asked me to ask you. Yeah. But I'm. I, 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 no. <laughs> Come on. Hang on a minute. I, we can cut it out. No, 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 no <laughs> mate. My life is a series of instances that should have been edited out, <laughs> right? And yeah. have not been edited out. So, did I in an egg box? Did I say I did? I must yes, have done it. you did. did no, well, yeah, you did. It was you off air though. We had the conversation about um, you sending a little package off to a special place. No, it was. Uh, we did an interview once and it got cut out because I think your management maybe said that. Is my management? Yes. <laughs> what was the premise? Oh, it went in. Yeah, yes. you did it, and then it got a driver had to take it to your office. That's right, because I was ill at the time. Yeah. And the doctor, best doctor in London. Dr. Paul Atlinger needed a sample, all right, and I was too ill. I think I was too ill to go there, so they said we'll send the thing round, and it and it looked like a it looked like an egg box. No, what happened was you're forgetting this. Go on, dear. But that was that was that was, that was that's the basic yeah, premise. The, right? Yeah, what happened was, but the, the, his management were, was in charge of it, and they said we're going to send a car, and you've got to do a sample, and then it will come back to the office, right? But it was just a normal cab, so he basically. <laughs> Did a number two in an egg box, yeah. and then gave it to this driver and said, "Take this to ignition management." A warm right? egg box, and then yeah. we were laughing he about. Thought the I fact. was terminating my contract. <laughs> <laughs> or, range. or that he think, oh, I might have a little look at what that is. I wonder what that is. Oh. Is, is he like cooking for them this, or something? Is it true? If he's Pure gold. Yeah, it's a little golden nugget in there. But we were laughing about the fact that if he did open that, we'd think, what a weirdo. Like, every time he goes to the toilet, it goes, gets filed away. and off. Like, how would you say? <laughs> yeah, Catless is a good one. <laughs> Stick it in the vault. It's one of those 24 egg boxes. Stick it in the vault. I'll leave it to one of my relatives when I die. We were out the other night, and we went. he went to, he said, should I go to the bar and get a drink? So he went to the bar, and he come back with two drinks and two packets of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, nothing for you. No, it's a packet of crisps for me. And I was like, really? And he went, what's a fork at you snack? Hang on a minute, wait. What happened is I went to the bar, got a wine, yeah. right? One wine each, those little mini, and it looked so pathetic that I said, oh, can we get two in a pint glass? So I brought him a pint of wine with yeah. ice in it. It was <laughs> really nice. And then right. um, I thought, well, I want some crisps. I can't just come back with one packet of crisps. We're not going to share crisps. Yeah. We were at. Well, can we say where we were? We went to see Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the Hammersmith Apollo. And uh, what's the deal with two bags of chips? Yeah, well, do you know what? Do you know what was nice about it? It was we sat in my kitchen. We had a drink before we went out. 
and we were, we were just like two heterosexual men. <laughs> we're very comfortable with each other's company. Until yeah. the crisps. No, the crisps was fine. It was Did just, you have it was, the crisps? He's never, he's never bought me food before. And then we were just very comfortable, weren't we? We were. We didn't mind walking into our heterosexual looking like a couple. Did you do that thing, Matt, when you just had a little hole in the bottom of the bag? Would you like uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We had no shame walking into the Apollo. Yeah. Arm in arm, arm, couple, arm. Did we? No, we walked in there. There was no holding you by sprouts. the wrist like that, just leading you in. The, uh, well, there was a bit of palaver about getting into the uh, backstage door, wasn't there? Because there was loads of people out the front, but we managed it. We managed to blag it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a little. Uh, we had a little drink, we had a little laugh. We call it a mandate. Yes. It's yeah. completely. It's, I mean, obviously, it, by the time we got home, we were tearing each other. Did you have a little kiss off. before you went home? No. <laughs> it's good, though, isn't it? It oh, was no. a good night. Jerry was, was great. Right. Yeah. The it's crisps good. were outstanding. The wine. Have you ever tried wine? No, likes yeah. a bit of rose. Rosy, yeah. 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 Hey? Just putting it out there. It's called Rosie. Rosie. What's your favourite word in Mank? Because I was telling him, I bumped into Bobby Langley when we were away skiing at that snowbombing festival. He went, I'll meet you at the gondola. The gondola, <laughs> gondola gogs. My favourite Mancunian word. It's probably a swear word of what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Weapons, pretty good. Weapons, because I'd never heard of my Yeah. Mither, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like it's uh, when you try and put it in a text. So it doesn't like it, does it? You put mother. No, mother. I, I've done it many a times. Oh, someone said, "Can I get such and such?" You just text back. No mother. <laughs> no mother. <laughs> Someone's mothering me. <laughs> And we are here to talk about new music, no? Yes. Uh, turning it back to that. It's a cracker of a tune. This is the place. It's yeah. an absolute belter of a tune. Yeah. Now, the last time we saw you, you told us you were in the shower listening to David Bowie when you wrote the bass line for the song. What particular domestic discipline were you involved in when you wrote this one? Well, I had I had the verses for the tune uh, for quite a while, and it was called something, something else. And every time I couldn't get a chorus that I liked, and every time I'd go for a session in the studio, I'd... It's taken me four years to get to this point with this track. I'd do a little half an hour at the end where I'd write summer and then I'd take it home and I didn't like it. And uh, so one night finishing up the Black Star dancing thing, we did, uh, we, I came up with some chords and I thought, oh, that's pretty good. And I was in, <laughs> I was in the toilet on the way to bed one night and I was singing, I had all the words, but I didn't have the, this is the place bit. Mm. And I happen to have beside my bed the poet Tony Walsh from Manchester, his book called This Is the Place. And of course he read the famous poem, This Is This Is the Place. Yeah. And I was like, I tell you that this is the place. This is the place. It's brilliant. So the net so I was in the studio the next day, so I did a quick rewrite of it to fit this is the place in. Then I called Tony and I said, Am I alright for nicking this title? And he said, Of course you are, Cocker. <laughs> and uh <laughs> That's how it came to be. So Eggbox in one hand, Tony Walsh in the other, and the song was born. Magic. It's the classic combination. I get the sense, though, with this, the latest sort of crop of tunes, they didn't come as easily as some of the other stuff. It sounds like you've had to work and graft pretty hard for them. It's not true. No? It's not true, which is why you're that side of the mic, Gordon. Correct. Smart, and I'm <laughs> well, correct me. No, no, these these are just... I was actually talking to someone the other day. Someone was saying, wow, hitting on something at the minute. And, you know, you get these periods where you go in, where you what you're writing and recording just... It's just everything I'm doing at the minute is sounding great and it's not a struggle at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just at the point now where I'm riding that wave because it won't last long. It never did. I mean, it'd be lucky if it lasts to go to, to the next album, whenever that'll be. But everything I'm doing at the minute, every idea that I'm having, 
is gold, Matthew. <laughs> it's coming you together. You just said that song took four years to. I know. Oh. Well, that, no, yeah, well, it did, but it, but the, 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 I mean, when it, when it, when you finally hit, you get the idea. It was yeah, quite yeah. quick. But the other, the other two tracks were quite quick. The other two tracks were amazing. Who's um, producing them? Is it still David Holmes? No, no, no. I'm doing it. Couldn't, can't afford David now. <laughs> now, now, uh, Killing Eve took off. He went off to do. He went off to do Killing Eve, and then. Um, did, then voice got bigger, and, and then that, he won't speak to me now. Do you yeah. sit there using um, whatever the program is? No, Pro I've Tools. got, I've Logic. got, I've got. When I'm in the studio, it's just me and two engineers, uh, and possibly a drummer uh, and whoever else I need to play on the tracks. Oh, on these tracks, I've done it on myself actually, mm -hmm. apart from the drums. But me and two engineers. One of the engineers has been working with me for 20 years. Is great at the at the retro placing of microphones and tuning of drum kits and all that kind of thing guitar mm -hmm. sounds the other guy uh is an absolute wizard on a computer right i have a thought i don't even have to say it and when i'm thinking it he's putting it in the computer he's right. amazing right let's give it a play shall we why not no gallagher and his high flying boys this is the new tune we're having it this is the place on radio x No Gallagher's high flying bars, the new one from him. This is the place. No, cracker. Absolute belt of Thank a tune. Thank you very much. Yes. Matt. Thank you very much. Yeah, Does that like suit it. you with your yeah. tool aspirations? Like bass wiggle in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a musician, I don't know the terms. Uh, you did well, say you've written a lot of this on the bass though. That's kind of been well, the Well yeah, and I point. wrote I wrote Black Star Dancing on the bass. I wrote This is the place on the bass. Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah, you know yeah, what? Hey, That's hey. why I get paid the big Just money. Mate. This is the place on the base. It's going to lend itself to a lot of remixes as well, I think. And I think Pickering did quite. Mike Pickering did quite a lot. Well, he did one on the last one, but I've got yeah. to say, this is the place. Already sounds like a Chemical Brothers remix. Yeah, I asked them to do it, and they are like, you know, what do we do? I mean, they're, yeah. they're out on tour anyway. They couldn't do it, but um, we I, we had this problem in the past with Oasis with um, the first track. On standing in the bushes, that's uh, on standing on the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's got. Uh, that's the made the veil past. It's got standing it? in the bushes. No, let's go back yeah, to that. Got, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we tried to get that remixed, and yeah. nobody they wouldn't do it. So, oh, it sounds like a remix. But mm -hmm. um, uh, a friend of mine, two guys called Densk and Pika, have done a remix of it. And, yep. Uh, the Reflex has had a bash on the other one. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to better the original, to be honest. Yeah, quality. Um, would you ever fancy having a crack at just doing a DJ set? Because I know down at Shangri-La or Las Vegas as it was at Glastonbury, would you ever fancy... I know you go to see Pickering for four hours. Would you no, ever fancy standing up and doing that? No, 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 no. Never? No, never. I'm not... Why no. not? No. I mean, i got to drag myself up on stage to perform my stuff far less <laughs> doing a tent at Glastonbury at five o'clock in the morning. I'm, yeah. I'd rather be listening to it than doing it. Yeah. But, um... <clears throat> No, as you well know, you've been in many a dressing room of mine where I can mm. DJ, of course, and I'm somewhat predictably Matthew. Magnificent. Yes. I've uh, seen you DJ when yeah. you had an app on your iPad and it had little noises like pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> still like doing? Tim Westwood. <laughs> it was, I was thinking him in a little yeah. cape. With well, they're all arms. doing it now. Yeah. yeah, in the bushes. People making a lot of money out of that I'm stuff. I'm you, mate. Um, uh, <laughs> but no, 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 I'm not into DJing. Those, those, those guys who DJ have got proper, proper 
you've got a proper yeah. great taste in in what's coming next and all that. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'd panic. Yeah, I'd you, panic. You missed out on it this year, Clastonbury, because you were off in Holland. Yeah, um, but the next year's the fiftieth. So two questions really: Will you be performing with the High Flying Birds? Would you like to? And will you? Well, be I'd like to, to of course. Yeah, yeah I've, as I've never played it with uh, the Birds, um, I'll be up for it. I'm around. I bet got it. I missed it this year uh, as it, the weather was nice. But um, Sarah went. She she enjoyed it. She said it was the best one ever because uh, not they enjoy it when I'm not there <laughs> because I, if, if I'm walking around, you're getting mithered like yeah. all the yeah. time. Whereas when I'm not there, Sarah and her pals can just they don't have to watch everything from the side of the stage. Yeah, they can just mince around. Uh, like members of the public. Did you not get mm. taken home two years before at about five in the morning? I might have. <laughs> this is the first one I've missed in a long time. Yeah. I asked you, asked you when, all your, when all your friends are there and you're on a WhatsApp group, oh. but you're not there, and they're all saying, oh, I'll meet you at the you know the wellness toilet in about <laughs> 15 minutes, man. I'm just going to see Ravi Shankar. You know, you're just like, you're yeah. in Holland. Yeah. I mean, we were having a good time in Holland, it must be said. All the places to be. Yeah. It was a dreadful gig in Holland, though. Really? Well, it was so hot, and I've never played to a crowd where I've elicited no reaction. Nothing. Nothing. And was that because they'd enjoyed themselves in the Dutch? Well, the Dutch traditional way. Well, the Dutch, bless them, are they're a bit laid back at the best of times. And it was a long day, and it was hot, and we were headlining and all that. But honestly, after about three songs, I was saying. <laughs> Look, there's at least another there's another fifty minutes of this. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, buckle up. Yeah. I've never asked you that actually. What is the worst gig you think you've ever that one played? That one up there, really. Dreadful. Yeah. Um they usually they usually revolve around sound issues. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, I with the last gig I did was in Madrid on Friday morning, didn't go on stage till one o'clock in the morning at this festival called Mad Cool. <laughs> Good name for a festival. If yep. it's in Madrid. I only worked out oh, after about Mad 27 Madrid. hours. Oh, Madrid. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that was brilliant. With me and the Chemical Brothers were headlining. It was. What do you do if the crowd is like in Holland? What what tricks can you do to bring them on side? <laughs> I don't mean literally pull a rabbit out of a hat, but. Well, it depends what I. I, I it depends. If you're in Canada, you mm. can try and antagonise them for being French. <laughs> that always works. Yeah. If you're in, uh, you can. You're very. I'm always very close from causing an international incident. Anyway, you know what I mean. The more I say, yeah, the longer it goes on, the more people are going to get offended or choose yeah, yeah. to get offended by it. Anyway, but in Holland, even when I played Wonderwall, it was just like, all oh, right. Yeah. But um, don't say nothing. After about half an hour, I say, right. If you're not asked, I'm going to be less. I'm yeah, going to be yeah. less bothered. All right. Radio X. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. We're talking about embarrassing gaps in our knowledge. Uh, Matt was talking about how the tide really confused them at the weekend. That yep. could have been quite dangerous, that, Matt, actually. Yes, no, it was. Uh, we, we were perfectly safe. But yeah, it can, can't it? Could catch out. Ian and Scarborough has very kindly got in touch and explained it to us. Low tide is six hours after high, and the times go forward one hour every day. So if it's six high tide, today it's seven tomorrow. Right. I think I read that. I wrong. bet everyone who lives at the coast is thinking we're complete idiots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously, it affects you at the coast, so you're going to know it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So we were looking for embarrassing gaps in your knowledge. 83936 at Radio X. Do you got any more for us, Matt? Marie in Manchester, I believe that only white dogs had white dog poo. 
<laughs> I was 35 when I found out that's not so. Yeah. I mean, I know this is a hack, comment, you know, yes. comedian's thing, but you don't see it as often nowadays. Oh, yeah. You used to see it all the time. I'm sure food. there's the been food's a... changed. Oh, it's it is something food. that used to be in dog food that's now not, because it probably uh, wasn't very healthy for them. Chalk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely thought that dinosaurs were far-fetched. Matt and Kenilworth is <laughs> not having it. Not believing in them. Just didn't believe in them. Just didn't have them, Matt. Well, you know. Some people don't, religious people. When I was a kid, about six years old, for homework, I was asked to find out how weather forecasters find out the weather in advance. I asked my mum, who said they'd wake up and look out the window. I told my class the next day and everyone laughed at me. Karen, Karen Lloyd Weston. Thanks a, oh, no, that's her mum. Karen Lloyd Weston. She's being shamed here. Yeah. Thanks a lot, you yoghurt. <laughs> Dan from Crew. Don't know what he means there. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. There's no name on this, but number ends 882. My sister Victoria thought that llamas had two heads until she was 25 because of Dr. Doolittle. That I was the push me pull you. Yeah, I th- push me pull me. Push I thought they existed me. as well until I was about, really? about seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when you read that out because you read the news, mm. like, I heard that as news. <laughs> I was like, that's not true. Oh, fact. This has happened. It has, got, happened. it has happened. If you want me. Uh, yeah, I never used to eat Baby Bell because someone told me you had to eat the Red Bit too and I oh. thought they were horrible. Oh. Keel from Basingstoke. Kyle from Basingstoke. P.S. I only found out it was a lie when I was 30. Some, something happens around between 25 mm. and 30 yeah. when there's these realisations happen. I don't think it's good for you to eat that red wax. Oh, it can't be good. That. I know a lad called Joe Munns who works in the music industry and Joe was on a terrible, terrible hangover the morning after a big night and we were in the living room and somebody said, go and get a Barocca. So he went through, popped the tube open, and just ate a Barocca. <laughs> oh. Because he didn't, nobody explained to him oh, it was a soluble tab. Boomed right up. You should have seen his face. You try and swallow it. Or did just, he, he just it tried like to swallow it, like, you know, as, like as you would a paracetamol. Yeah. Oh. Horrible. Uh, hello, Gordon and Martin Sinter. When my daughter was three, she asked me, How do you know when a dog needs classes? I just looked at her and said, um. <laughs> And to this day, I still don't know. And my daughter's now 10, Kenny in Shropshire. Can anybody help? No. Do they? Well, hang on, dogs don't wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> My brother told me a great story about this at the weekend. He's a dentist and he said that there was a, a police dog that became really aggressive and they couldn't work out why. And it turns out that it had a tooth that had been knocked out of place in, when it had, had got hold of a robber or whatever. Yeah. And he had to, or somebody had to make a brace to get the dog's tooth back. So they had a the tube was hurting it, so it's yeah. So it was going into, so it was making it really grumpy, and then it was a lovely dog again once it got its teeth fixed. Can you imagine that kind of putting a brace on a dog to fix his teeth? So maybe glasses aren't ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Just a little pair of goggles. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> little dogs with glasses on. Yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law thought the pirate thought that pirates were mythical beings and didn't really exist. <laughs> this is Radio X. Good and smart, Matt Morgan. Hey Matthew, what do you see? That's really obscure for anybody who's never heard it before. What do you see, Matthew? I see a cow's udder with a ring on it. <laughs> what? Yep. Where That's do you see this? Actually, what I'm seeing, I'm looking at a photo of a cow's udder, which, I mean, not the whole udder, one of the nipples? Teats. Teats. <laughs> Teats. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> Suffolk girl over here. <laughs> Why did you immediately look to Sinta for some guidance? I on? don't know. I don't know, but she knew the answer, so there you go. Yeah, well, thanks, Sinta, for helping um, there. A farmer reportedly proposed to his girlfriend by putting an engagement ring on a cow's teat, not udder, but the romantic gesture has been labelled creepy by some. <laughs> right. The first thing I'm thinking is an udder, a teat, is quite a big 
big digit, if you want to call it that. Well, someone says this, actually, in the comments. Oh, my God, how big is your finger that you can fit your ring on a teat? But what you're forgetting is a teat has no bone in it and it's got a lot of give. So you, you, you're saying he lubed it and then added the oh. ring? I think he might have done. The cow doesn't seem bothered. I'm oh. not sure. I don't it's think not the very fair on like the cow. That. No, it's not, is it? I think there's a, well, okay, there's an animal rights issue. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the bigger issue is give her a day off from work. <laughs> like, she's milking the cow. Like, yeah. go, oh, you've got a day off, we're going to a spa hotel, and then I'm going to propose, go. right? Yeah. But instead, it's like, go on then, go and milk the cow. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, there's a ring on it. Yep. Yeah. It's a bit like, that's not romantic, is it? I don't really want to rain on their parade here, but that strikes me as probably the least romantic proposal in the history of human human race. Mm. You wouldn't be happy. There's, if, no. there's probably worse. If Liam proposed, there is probably worse, though. That's not there's crazy. worse places to put a ring. But <laughs> I think um, what's weird about this is it's been uh, it was sort of highlighted on a Facebook group about ring shaming. And the right. main focus of the Facebook group is they don't like the rings. So oh. loads of people are just like, the, the rings are massive clusters and the band's too thick. It's like the person thought, how can I make this ring bigger without spending any more money? So all their, half of them are not even bothered that it's hanging off a cow's teeth. What does that say about modern culture, either, that you immediately have a pop at the ring? It's disgraceful, isn't it? Sorry, what do you What's, what, what on earth are you, why would you, why are people having a pop at the ring? What's that all about? Saying it. Oh. <laughs> Buy her a drink. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Matthew. Sorry, you keep saying it, it's funny. Um, <laughs> Say it again if you like. Uh, someone also said this oh, is utterly dear. terrible. Oh, dear me. No, it's just, you know. What do you reckon, Matt? Would you, do you think that's an acceptable way to propose? Because you're, you're a quirky man. A quirky man. I was there when you proposed to you, Mrs. You're the only one who thought to film it. Yeah, I've still got the footage. It was yeah. a really romantic moment. It was actually, yeah. I got quite nervous. Yeah. Even though I was already married, but mm. that's a long story. What <laughs> did but you do? I was at an old gig, and when we had our first. Mm, hang on, how do I describe <laughs> this? <laughs> Reverse! No, that sounds rude, because it's nothing rude. It was like we got married because my wife's American. Mm. Partly to get a visa. Mm. Yeah. Um, can I discuss that now? Ten years no. after the fact, two kids. But um, And so we got married in Vegas, and then Noel happened to be playing that night, and he dedicated Don't Look Back in Anger, anger to yeah. us. No, was it? Don't, oh, God, I should know this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Don't Look Back in Anger. Yeah. And then when he did a gig over here, when that song played, I right. proposed here, and we did right. the proper like proper yeah. thing, because we never got to do that. And I filmed it. Gordon filmed it. I nice. filmed it, yeah. Yeah. But there was, I should have had a cow come in. Yep. You should have done. That would have been better, That's wouldn't that. it? Blinged up udders. <laughs> she could have chose the ring from the udders. Um, options. Yeah, options. You know. Oh, it's a how many moment. how many teats have they got on an udder? You and now know. you're looking at me for the answer. I'd say four. four. No. Is Five. it eight? I don't know. <laughs> this is Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. We were just discussing a farmer who proposed to his wife by putting a ring on the udder, which we now know has four teats. Just four. I'm surprised at that. Did you think there was a, a multiple of teats? Well, I, in my head, was thinking of dogs and a litter of cows. No. But that's silly. They have one calf But then why, if they have one calf, why four teats? So they don't get worn out? Why do we have two breasts? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just always thought that was because they could have twins. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever watched a, a cow giving birth to a calf? I mean, the vets... Oh. Is, Yes. So how you thought there could be more calves in there? That's that, true. I just hadn't brutal. thought it through. Also, right. someone's tweeted in. Um, poor cow probably thought she was getting married, then finds out it's not for her. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that was the main problem. What was the point Neil made? 
What, yeah, what was your point again? <laughs> <laughs> the lady thought the cow was proposing. Yes, the lady thought the cow, cow was, was proposing, proposing to her. She's, you know, she built up this relationship with a cow. She milks it every day. And then, you know, she's suddenly gone, uh-oh. Like the cow's going, there's something back there for you today. <laughs> Radio X. I came back for the first time in two weeks, walked into the office and caught producer Neil and Matt Morgan discussing hedgehog sex. Yes. We're trying to give it up, but <laughs> <laughs> come back to work. They and I thought so delightful, those spent, little guys. <laughs> spent two weeks going, stop it, you two, stop it, stop. Come back in, and it's hedgehog sex on the menu. Yes. Why did this come up, Matt Morgan? Well, because I saw in a large newspaper today. I'm not even going to, you know, boost their numbers, uh, which are. F- falling rapidly um the uh there was this thing about hedgehogs having sex and the yep. noise of it it people call the police basically because it's one of those things a bit, a bit like foxes foxes yeah if you've ever heard foxes going at it, it sounds like a woman screaming mm-hmm. right um hedgehogs i mean it's even worse in Do- many ways but i have a personal story about hedgehog sex which i'll get to in a minute <laughs> police no not police people are calling <laughs> police aren't calling themselves Police are being called by people about noises they typically put down to neighbours having unacceptably loud sex or to injured animals crying out for help. The spread of the hashtag Eigersex in Germany on social media reveals the disturbances sometimes have a less predictable source, which we've already blown. It's hedgehogs. The suspicious noises were soon pinned on a hedgehog couple in the midst of a mating ritual. A superintendent wrote in his report entitled Prickly Intruders... (laughs) Adding that the hedgehogs were not disturbed. It's not an isolated case. It happens a lot. And it reports that hedgehogs are among the loudest nocturnal animals compete with cicadas, frogs and the Caribbean snapping shrimp. I think it means they're having sex. They're capable of making a range of sounds, hedgehogs this is, from a quiet snuffling to hissing, snarling, purring, whistling, clicking or even loud screaming. Just a reminder, this is not Matt Morgan sex. (laughs) No, I've done all those noises in sex, (laughs) apart from purring. Um, But yeah, so people obviously call the police because they think someone's in distress or an animal's in distress. Uh, Also, the uh, mating ritual, they're calling it a ritual, but I don't know if there's candles and stuff involved. (laughs) But hedgehogs snarl loudly during the hours-long mating ritual and the males make the most noise. Uh, the hedgehog carousel, which is the, the <laughs> act on. that they're in, right? It takes place over an area of around 40 square metres. That's how much space they need. <laughs> Humans, a single bed. Cupboard. Sometimes. Yeah. Or a cupboard. Yeah. Their most Superman. active period is between April and the beginning of September. So when I was about 14 <laughs> or 13, I can't remember, but like at whatever age it was normal to have your first proper kiss with a girl, right? <laughs> Um, I was at a holiday, like a caravan park, and I was walking around with her. After we'd been to the disco, we were walking around, yeah. and I knew, like, this is that I'm we're gonna have a kiss, and I yeah. knew it was happening, and I was like really scared but excited. <laughs> we were walking around trying to find a place, and then it was as if nature. It was almost like some bad movie. Like there were hedgehogs having sex everywhere, mocking us almost, and the, the noise they were making was like knocking. They were like one hedgehog was on the back of the other hedgehog, and it was going. Like that, and it was loud. It was getting louder and louder. And as we were walking around, holding hands, thinking like we're like I was meant to make the first move, yeah. and I was scared. So we just ended up having this massive walk. Forty meters. But hedgehogs, yeah, <laughs> basically around forty square meters. So the yeah. hedgehogs must thought, hey, he's like us. But then we had this kiss, but all the way, and the, and there was snuffling. Like, 
like that. It was like nature was alive. How many were on the carousel? How many hedgehogs were in this? this no, they were only they were doing it in couples. It's not like they was. It's not like speed dating. Oh, I thought it's you made like, it sound like there was loads of like a hedgehog no. sex convention. No, no, no. They, I mean, they were. There were loads of hedgehogs, but they were yeah. in couples. Oh, that's nice. Just conventional twos. Yeah. Right. Good. <laughs> Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Gordon Smart and Matt Morgan standing in for Johnny Vaughan for the next fortnight. But right now, we're joined by a rock and roll icon. The Little Menace from Little Venice. 50 quid for you, Matt. Yeah. Every, every time you Every oh, single really? time. Is that what it is? It's going to move sometime soon and they won't be able to use it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there's a question I've never asked you before that I've wanted to ask. Has there been a moment in Oasis or recently where you've had a moment where you thought, that's a bit spinal tap? And some, you've maybe thought, or somebody else has said, maybe not a great idea to do that or this or some ridiculous video or production or something like that. Vid- videos, hate them. Um, we went to see Spinal Tap one night in New York and uh, they asked me to get up on stage and play bass with them for Big Bottom. They had like, look, there's like oh, wow. 30 bass players. Yeah. And I thought, that's just a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you well know, there have been thousands upon thousands of things where you just go, I just hope this. I just thank God there's no cameras here. <laughs> Having a scissor player in your band is sort of knowingly spinal tapish, isn't it? It's like a. It's like a sense of humour. Well, it's not. A, it's not a comedy thing. She. That's what she does. No, it's. Yeah. It's quite. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what she does. Yeah. It wasn't like we invented it one night over a you know yeah. a pint of Guinness in the local pub. Hey, I tell you what. Yeah. what are we doing? Well, she was actually. I thought that was like a. Oh yeah, what, for a laugh you do the scissors. No, the she track. does oh, that in her own she's band. She's a scissor player. She, no, she's Percussion. a solo artist, and she's got this song, <laughs> and it's just the scissors going. Shh, and then she sings over the top of it. I mean, right. it's, a, it's what, genius. What about a rider moment? Has there been a spinal tap rider moment where you're like, hang on a minute, we've got 48 cheeses from around the world. This is getting too big. Okay, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. For about four years, <laughs> we would travel in the world and there was always four bottles of Magnus cider yeah. in the fridge wherever we went. I kept saying, Who, who's drinking the cider? And apparently... It was for me. So hold on, over there, I'd said to Kat, Kat is my PA, right, who sorts out my entire life and everything. He'd gone behind my back and said to Kat, (laughs) any chance we get some, we, any chance that we could get some cider for the dressing room. So he put four bottles of Magnus in there and they were always just four forlornly pathetic bottles of Magna at five in the morning in amongst all the trash in the dressing room. And it was like, Who's drinking that cider? But I don't remember ever saying, and can, oh, hold on, hold even on. when I'm not there in my memory, can there be four cider? I think it just went on the rider. And then I still, yeah. I, in fact, I, I would, I mean, I don't. You should don't, tip one out for in my. And in your honour? Yeah, in my honour. Don't need you know I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if, there, if it's still the four bottles of Magnus is still yeah. there. I want is to it check. the same bottles? It's just those four have been no, on no, 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 their no, 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 no. Because no, when once we leave, the crew come in and mine sweep everything. Well, like there you go. Locusts. What about you with your whiskey? I hear you drink one little whiskey before I you go on. I have a double whiskey before I go on stage. You never yeah. drink whiskey at Good luck, Charm. No, it's vile. No, it's awful. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the national drink. You can't see it. No, that no, whiskey? No, 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 no. I don't like it. Why'd I don't, I don't do really it? like spirits. I don't. Why'd you do it? Um, Because I was playing in... Scotland once on a really bad cold and uh, Sarah I'm going to say this word I can't stand this word every time I say it Can I say it? Hot toddy Is that the one? one of them and she said (laughs) she said 
squee wee man. I said, I might you feel like a million dollars when you go on stage. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I drank it before I went on. And it did, right? And I, I performed like Jimi Hendrix. Right. Or so I thought until I seen the tapes back. <laughs> <laughs> Just described the last and, 18 and, uh, years of my life, though. That's exactly So I'd had, uh, I'd, I'd had the... Uh, and then it and then it just became a thing and uh, so i have i have a pint of one every night i have a double whiskey and hot water a and, pint le- of and whiskey yeah, every yeah, night. yeah 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 hot toddy yeah <laughs> and it's great i wouldn't advise taking them before a festival in thailand <laughs> <laughs> because you can walk on stage and people go he's about to die this guy yeah oh, dear <laughs> he's about to drop dead that is you, you walk on stage absolutely soaking wet but um, other than that I don't like spirits. Vodka is... I thought you were a tequila and soda character, were you not? No, for I'll, a have tequila, I'll have tequila when I'm yeah. drunk. If someone says, yeah. shots, and you just... Yeah, go on, man. <laughs> but, um... No, Sarah drinks tequila. Perfume? I don't like spirits. Yeah. Stick to the classics. Can I ask you a question? US tour with Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Do you like the Smashing Pumpkins? Why do, do you do that? Because <laughs> I... It's one of those bands, like the Pixies, or Sonic Youth, or Smashing Pumpkins, or... I don't know. Dinosaur Junior. Yeah. Nevada. Or oh, the breeders. Yeah. 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 What about them? Big yeah. What about them? I bet you've slagged them off in the past. Never. No? Well, I tell you what, all those bands, Breeders, Sonic Youth, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, all those, I've got one thing in common. They've all got two great tunes. Uh, no, Pixies <laughs> have got a lot of great Pixies tunes. Pixies have got good... Yeah. They've got a few good tunes. Monkey's yeah. Gone to Heaven. Um, what's it? Uh, Here comes your man. That's a yeah, great yeah, tune. Yeah. Breeders Cannonball. That's great. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins tonight, tonight, and 1979. Disarm. Yep. I don't know that one. Um, oh. Nirvana had more than two, but I don't mind. I don't mind. That. Are I you mean, asked I'm, to call right. him William Patrick Corgan, or did you have to call him Billy? Who? From I'll call him Billy. Billy. But Billy boy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop here, big man. Billy. Billy. Yeah. All right, Billy. Can I tell you a funny story about Whole Foods? Yes. 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 So one night. We're coming home from rehearsals. It's in the middle of winter, and uh, my roadie's driving my my black Range Rover, and I had to do I had to do some shopping. So I I said to him, I've got to go in here before you take us home, and he said, right, there's an NCP car park round the back. I'll go park in there when you're finished. Give us a shout. So I go into Whole Foods. I've got my tofu burgers. <laughs> I've got I can just me, unbelievable. Uh, I've got my gluten free unbelievable. Uh, my gluten free biscuits. <laughs> Yeah. I've got uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I come out and I've called Jason and he said, I'll be there in a minute. So I can see the Black Range Rover coming up the street <clears throat> and it's starting to snow, it's dark. And the Black Range Rover goes past and I'm like, Jason! <laughs> Jason! <laughs> Jason! And the window turns, comes down and it, the car reverses back and the window goes down and... Have a guess who was in the car? No idea. Jason, Jason Donovan. Statham. Oh, Jason what? Donovan. Jason Donovan. And he said, and he said, all right, mate, do you want to lift? And I was so speechless. I was like, oh, all right, mate. And he's going, where are you going? I'll drop you off. And I was like, no, what? Hang on a minute. And I was thinking, is he in my car? Right. And I'm looking at the registration plate. And at that point, Jason, my roadie, comes up in the, in the oh, other no. car. And I was like, no, I thought he was someone else. No. Oh, you should no. have played that Should have played out. along with well, it. Got, got in the, the car. car with him. Yeah. Yeah. Got and then text car. Jason going, I'm with Jason Donovan. It's really, it's going to take ages to explain. <laughs> Just go home. Yeah. It was a very awkward moment. Yeah. Like, no, thanks very much. The new tune is absolutely outstanding. Thank it's great much. to have new Wait tunes. Wait the B-sides. The B-sides. Well, wow. One of them sounds like the Smiths. Yeah. And one of them sounds like... Second coming era, 
stone roses, yes. almost like Weller has pulled up in a car with Dr. John during the second coming and got in there and said, oh, you mean, this is this is what you mean? Yeah. Right. And they've all gone, all right. The f- it sounds like the fuzz. It, uh, on it. it's, uh, it's got no banjos on. That sounds good. It is good. Excellent it stuff. Good. Thank you very much, Noel. We'll see you later. We've got to let you go now. Mr Noel Gallagher. You say I love you, boy. Radio X. Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Soon to Templeton, you inspired me yesterday with a great story about being paid for your services as a DJ mm. in jeans. Yes. Which seemed like a brilliant currency to me. It's not a bad way to get paid. It's not. In, in good clothing that you're going to wear a lot. What's the etiquette in selling it on if you did want I the I think cash? that's inappropriate. It's bad form. Yeah. <laughs> bad form. What's but the, the law with, like, tax? Do you have to declare that? I don't know. Why have you asked me that question? <laughs> no, like HMRC. <laughs> well, I think it's very important. No, but like you, yeah. that would be good to get paid in food or something you're going to need. Mm. Yeah. Then you're not paying tax on it. So we're going to talk about this unconventional payments because I was thinking about this last night when I got home and I remember I met some lads recently who were due quite a lot of money by Icelandic gentlemen. And you remember when the banking crash happened, 2008, oh, 2009? Yeah. And they couldn't get their money. They couldn't get the cash. So in exchange, the Icelanders gave them fish. They got salmon, which was actually worth more than sterling at the time. So they really? sold, yeah, they sold the fish in the UK for more than sterling was worth. Did anyway. they get it as one lump sum of They fish. had to pick up, uh, yeah, pretty much a, a massive batch of salmon. Because then the, the heat is on to sell that, isn't yeah. it? Or freeze it. Sounds yeah. quite stressful. But it's, there's a real market for salmon, isn't there? You're, always, you're never going to struggle to sell that. Yeah, but what if you couldn't sell it quick enough? You had to lower the price. Well, it's you too stressful. Get a lot of amigo- <laughs> little bit of salmon every month. Yeah. <laughs> so we were thinking about that. Unconventional payments. Has there been a time when you've been paid not with normal currency but with something else? 8396 at Radio X. Matt, you've not got an example of this. I've never, shop. I've only ever been paid hard cash. I can't believe you've been bartered for something in a kind of, I'll do this if you can give me that kind well, of Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I did recall that. Uh, school. <laughs> no! Swapping some porno mags for an air gun. That's as far <laughs> as it got. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Mr. Gerald Cinnamon, that is Cantor on Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan, Sunt Templeton, in for Johnny this week and next. We're talking about unconventional payments. I knew some lads in Burnley who were paid with salmon rather than money by Icelandic gentlemen. Worked out well for them. Yeah. Soon I got paid in jeans. Mm-hmm. And the good people of Radio X have delivered the goods, as always, Sinta. Have you got one for us? Yeah, Andrew from Mansfield says, I once got paid in steak after doing an illustration of a butcher's shop. Best (laughs) steak ever. That is a brilliant payment, isn't it? I I went to school with a guy called Moggy, who's a gardener, and he was paid with Highland Coo, so butcher's stuff, but it's just mega expensive, rather than a Christmas bonus. Mm. Worth an absolute fortune, that. I just remembered one that actually happened to me. Yes, we knew it, I just remembered one. When I worked at a computer-ready design um, company, yeah. right, this bloke who ran the army shop in town, in Dartford, who was Jamaican, he did this, he wanted this um, new, I don't know, like some DJ equipment made, like this big board with loads of knobs yeah. on, and I designed it for him and got it screen printed in exchange for army trousers and boots. There you go. That seems like you, you undersold seemed, yourself there. Yeah, I did. And it went on for so long and he kept changing the design. And his design was like drawn on a fag packet. Yeah. And I made it so good. And then when he saw how good it was, he kept adding to it. Oh, excellent. It, went on, it was like six months of my life dealing with this 
there very you friendly go. Jamaican bloke, but it just kept getting worse. But yeah, you've been yeah. done there, man. Yeah, you were ripped off. <laughs> I look like you've been done. Auckland's war survivor afterwards. Here's one. Leslie says that when I did mobile hairdressing many years ago, I got paid in tomatoes and veggies that people had grown in the gardens. See, that's good. What's yeah. good about that is trade for a trade you know yeah. that's like the government can't get their filthy fingers on it just <laughs> yeah. people swapping stuff um hi i once got paid with a boat wow for a very expensive french bulldog puppy i bred i sold the boat for more than the price i sold the puppy for nicky and there's a winky face mm. that is fantastic i was once paid with a black bin bag full of fresh crayfish from the mobile number 288 <laughs> i wonder what they did for that oh uh, yeah i think they've deliberately left out <laughs> yeah. uh steven manchester got a full sleeve tattoo for fitting a front door that's great that's, that's a good, good deal because really a full good. sleeve is about two grand it's about yeah. two grand isn't it yeah. how big was the door maybe it was a tattoo of the door though that was the no <laughs> Maybe he wasn't in control of what the tattoo was. <laughs> Someone practising on That's it. That's a worry. Uh, I fix my friends and family... Listen to this for a little vignette into someone's life. <laughs> I fix friends and family cars for bottles of whiskey. One bottle for something simple and increasing if it takes it's longer. longer. Joe. Like that. That's good, isn't it? I mean, you get a bit of an, an image of a drunk mechanic <laughs> you do, do rolling you? around. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. What a song. The Killers on Radio X, Gordon Smart and Matt Morgan. Soon to Templeton as well. We're standing in for Johnny Vaughan for the next two weeks. Producer Joe has just pulled a fig roll out of his bag. I think I'm in 1986. Tomorrow, Garibaldi's. Friday, 54321's. A gold bar next week. Who knows where we're going with it? Speaking of the 80s, I'm going to rely on an 80s legend, Carol Fialka, to ask an important question. Hey, Matthew, what do you see? Hey, hey, Matthew, what do you see? I see French sheep being educated. <laughs> right. I normally say, where do you see this? I presume France. At the foot of the Alps. Ah. In Jules Ferry, in Crête-en-Belledon. Oh, so beautiful, wasn't it? We're quite emotional, isn't it? You speak like that. Sheep registered as pupils at French school in desperate bid to stop classes from closure. <laughs> right. Right. Parents and children watched on a sheep called Bahabet and Sot Mouton, which must be French for mutton, were enrolled. Fifteen sheep had been enrolled at a French primary school after parents feared some uh, classes could close due to lack of pupils, right? More than a dozen sheep were registered at the school, well, 15, I think it is, uh, in a bid to boost pupil numbers. Local farmer Michel Gerard and his dog came to the school, or what's a dog in French? Chien. Chien. Thank you. Méchant. Merci. Um, to the school on Tuesday morning with around 50 of his sheep and 15 of them were signed up with birth certificates. Wow. <laughs> Why did he bring 50 and then only sign up 15? They didn't That's pass weird. the qualifications. <laughs> don't I don't, what I don't understand about this story is, right... If, why don't you just make up some kids' names? Because if the person is there to judge the class size, right. they're not going to accept sheep as children. But did they also dress the sheep up like kids? Like, Possibly. <laughs> like shaved them like poodles. <laughs> like little, little kid shapes. Little uniforms on. Trying to make them walk on their back legs. Um, the No, what this... What I found interesting about this is, right, so the joke names for the sheep, Barbet, right? Yeah. But I was wondering, in when you're a kid and you think, like, you go to France, a cow will moo in French, mm. or it won't say moo, it will say... Le moo. Yes, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> I was wondering, what, if, like, if you're French or Turkish or Japanese, what are the animal noises? You know, we say, like, oink... Cluck, cluck. The thing is, though, it's onomatopoeic, isn't it? So you're just repeating the noise. So they yeah. don't say it in an accent, do they? They make the same noise. So oh, a French pig goes oink, doesn't it? 
It doesn't I know that. Oing, 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 oing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but we're in a French kids' book. What is the noise? How is it? Like, what oh, is right, the word? Yeah. Because yeah. you know, like some like bow wow isn't really what dogs say, right? But some people say bow wow, don't they? Or woof. Yeah, yeah. Or there must be. There's. Yeah. What are the noises and how are they written for different? Languages yeah. for animals. Let us know. Right, let get in touch with us. 83936 at Radio X. What are the noises in foreign languages that you use to teach your children? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, because yeah. I bet meow is something in Different French. In French it's completely, you know. Well, the French have beautiful words in their language anyway, don't they? That we wouldn't use, like buff, which I always love. And for beef? No, no, buff. They just say it as a kind of, you know, brushing dust off their, co- their shoulder, don't they? Off buff. Do they? Yeah. So it's a word that's used regularly. Zutalor is the same, isn't it? Comme comme ça. Ooh la Yes. What is the um, the qualification you get when you leave high school in France? Do you know the answer to that? No. It's, the GCSE? No, it's the baccalaureat, isn't it? Oh, the yeah. Baccalaureat. Hey, thank you very much. 83936 at Radio X. Get in touch with us with uh, foreign language education with animals. Right, here he is. Liam Gallagher. The shockwave. Radio X, Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Mr. Liam Gallagher, that's shockwave on Radio X, Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. We are in for Johnny Vaughan. Thank you very much for listening this afternoon. Just coming up to six o'clock, and Matt Morgan has blown my mind once again, finger on lip house yeah. of the population, because you've brought something up relating to language that I wouldn't have considered. Yeah. I just thought it's friend- a brilliant thing. Yeah. What words like oink, woof, Quack, bow wow, yeah, animal noises in foreign languages, in yeah. you know different cultures. What are those words, right? Well, do you want to know? I do. I, I really want to know. I'm I just really going to jump in with this one. Okay. Gonna, there's a list here, but I'm jumping in onto this. Frogs in Japan go well. They don't. The frogs probably make the same noise as they do here. But frogs in Japan go kero instead of ribbit. From See, Verity from Digcock. That's absolutely brilliant. So is it? Frog doesn't go ribbit anyway. It goes. It, <laughs> right, so you could go. <laughs> this is good. So I heard French people get the attention of cats by saying "minu minu minu" instead of pss, 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 as we would do here. Well, I go. Now, what do I do to a cat? You go like that, don't you? Like that. Well, that's close to pss, 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 pss. "minu minu minu" is quite good, isn't it? Minu minu. My French teacher said that French ducks say "quing quing." That's from Pan and Chelmsford. Quang quang, you having that? Quang quang, yeah, I'm having that because they don't say quack. Yeah, like, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but you take—I took my kids to a petting zoo where you know, like a farm where you can touch the animals. That's uh, all above board. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you realise, apart from the sheep saying bar, n- yeah. nothing really says what the, the books have told them. Yeah. Oh, cows say moo. Yeah, yeah. But ducks never say quack quack. There's one more here, right? So a donkey, we would all agree is. Oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, we are told here by Dom in Surrey that in France a donkey says, Hi Han. He Han. He Han. He Han. Hi Han. What? Maybe we're being caught out here, but we'll do more of these. Get in touch. 8396 at Radio X. We're looking for foreign versions of animal noises when it comes to teaching kids. That's what we're looking for. for the truth. This is just made up. Don't matter. We want proper ones, truthful ones. The, the frog's excellent. What was the frog again? Uh, Kero. He Kero. says Kero, but Kero. French duck saying Queen Queen. Okay. I mean, that's gold. Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Album 7 is on the way sometime soon. Kasabian, days are forgotten. I say soon, it might be six months. Gordon Smart, Matthew Morgan, soon to Templeton. We are here covering Johnny Vaughan, and Matt Morgan is going to lighten the mood with a bit of help from Carol Fialka. Hey, Matthew, what do you see?
soon as really get into that song. I need to hear more of it, though. Hey, Matthew, what do you see? Bombs. I see bombs. Well, oh. actually, no. Bombs. Um, that's what he says in the song, isn't it? I see disappointed perverts. <laughs> Thought you were going to lighten the mood. <laughs> it is. They're disappointed. Okay. Uh, scientists develop artificial tongue which could fight fake whiskey trade. <sighs> Where are you going to go with this? sentence, wasn't it? Yes. Um, scientists have developed an artificial tongue which they say can tell the difference between different drams of whiskey. The tongue, which has been developed by the universities of Glasgow and Strathclyde, uses properties in gold and aluminium to test differences between spirits, right? Mm -hmm. With an accuracy rate of more than 99%, the tongue can make distinctions between the same brand of whiskey aged in different barrels. Wow. Can you already do that? Yes. <laughs> All Scottish people can. Wow, I can do that. Um, we, we, was it Dr Alistair Clark from the University of Glasgow says, we call this an artificial tongue because it acts similarly to a human tongue. <laughs> I take issue with that. Mm. Right. All this is is a thing that tests chemicals, right? right. A human tongue is, is, can do a lot of stuff, as we all know, right? Don't you think? Like a, mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah, calling yeah, it a so. tongue yeah. is... Like, that's, you know, when they say, like, oh, robots work in car factories, and when you're a little kid, you think, wow. And then you see them, and it's literally an arm with a spray gun on it. <laughs> it's disappointing. You're hard yeah. to please, Matt. Well, you know, um, it's basically all they've really come up with is that it can, like, find counterfeit alcohol. But yeah. so you say you've, like, made a, you know, a, a false human tongue, an artificial tongue, <clears throat> like, that is the holy grail for perverts, isn't yeah. it? Well, pure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting that they didn't really design this for the purposes of the whiskey industry? No, I'm just suggesting they shouldn't be allowed to call it a tongue. Yeah. Well, yeah. it, does, it has one property of a tongue, which is taste, which is debatable <laughs> anyway. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Until, you know, you can kiss a robot properly. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. MGMT Kids on Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan and Sunta Templeton. We are in for Johnny, but Sunta, you're a regular, so it's just like a normal shift. Yep. Same carry on. Exactly the same carry on. Sunta, I went home at the weekend and for the first time in ages had both my brothers, my big brother and my little brother and my mum and dad, everybody there. Mm. And my little boy finds it fascinating to hear about how much trouble we got in at school of right course. so the conversation then led to school punishments and lines came up right. and i hadn't meant i hadn't heard that talked about for so long. did you get lines at school as a punishment i was a bit of a goody <laughs> were you really <laughs> were you no way i only got properly in trouble once and for that i got litter picking yeah Yep, and there was that little picking with your bare hands, or was there some? No, kind of we glove? had gloves. We were given gloves. You were given gloves. Yeah. Producer Neil used to get an actual stick with a little claw at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy, isn't it? Now we turn to Matt Morgan. Right. Whose school oh, career? Oh, I was naughty at school. I got expelled. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, and then from art college as well. <laughs> you got expelled <laughs> from art college. <laughs> it's really hard to get expelled from art college. <laughs> well, you had to try. <laughs> yeah. <It's> exhausted. <laughs> So going back to school then, right, what was the uh, most inventive punishment that you were on the receiving well, end so of? I think I was at the end of being able to hit kids, right? Oof. So I did get clipped around the ear by teachers and stuff like that, and hit mm. with rulers and board rubbers thrown at your head, those wooden yeah. things. Oh, so yeah. were you born 77? Yeah, yeah, so right, this right. was in the 80s, okay. right? So, like, I think it was, like, probably... They still did stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, nowadays, that would be in the Daily Mail, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Right? But well, I remember being... You know, like, you say lines, when yeah. you sort of used to write I, 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 you know, big All line. the way down, think yeah. you were saving time, but you yeah, weren't, yeah. obviously. No. I used to get 
essays that you had to write, for, you had to fill four sides of A4 on things like, and this was the one I remember, living inside a ping pong ball. What? <laughs> and that's just mental wow. cruelty because you, you literally. How so do you, you have write to, four sides on that? Exactly, that's the punishment. Is this so not, tell you what, though, Matt, this could have been the, 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 the start, the seedling, the thing that's it grown into your be, career. Because yeah. it, it I literally had to go, all you can do is go, well, I'm in here, it's white. And, and then you sort of have to go, like, I'm terrified of this, I can hear these weird noises, sometimes I'm bouncing around, you know, yeah. and you have to write all this stuff. Right. And then, quite inventive. But then it's the good. most cruel part of it is the teacher comes, checks you've done four sides and tears it up. <gasps> and oh, yes, oh. yes. That was the whole punishment. Yes. Did that so many times. What's and you know you're writing this stuff, but they might read it so you can't go crazy on it. Yeah. But they're probably going to just tear it up. It's amazing, though. 30 years ago, you still remember it, so it's made a mark. Yeah, and terrible, Mark. Well, <laughs> I'm going to take... That's actually, like, human rights abuses, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to take this opportunity to apologise to Charlie Archibald, my mm. PE teacher at school. When I was 14, we used to have social dancing, like country dancing in Scotland, so you do the Gay I Gordons. Did, uh, primary school, yeah. A real joy for me, that one. Gay Gordon, <laughs> yeah, it was a joy. Uh, Canadian barn dance, all that kind of stuff. They ate some real... Which was actually all right. It was a no. good laugh. Got, every, got everybody involved. And he had this sort of... Uh, set up with an amp and some cassette decks and all the rest of it, which you'd blare the music out of. And I was sitting on one of the school benches next to that setup, and he sort of crouched down to play the music. I was about 13, 14, I think, and I just l gently lifted one buttock and broke wind in him in his direction. Right. <laughs> Charlie didn't like it. Hang on, to, to make people think he did it? Well, no, just, it was just a little kind of act of defiance for the people near me. Right. And... <laughs> For a, a millisecond, I thought, this is hilarious. Because Charlie was a big character, Mr. Archibald, a big character. I thought he, he might Why find... Why did you know his first name? That was, he's just... He was Charlie. Was... Scratchy Boss, we used to Would call him. Would you call him Charlie at school? No, God, no, no, oh, God, right. no, no. Scratchy Boss. Because I know some kids call their teachers by the first name at some schools, and I've never got on with that. So, oh, no, it's not right. So for the first... Charlie, get this. Charlie. So the first millisecond, I thought, this is really funny. And then I could see the contortion in his face, the fury just erupted in him. And he just stopped everything. Right, smart, out, now, that's revolting. And uh, my lines, I'll never forget, was publicly breaking wind can be hazardous. That's what I had to write How down. many times did you have to write it? For 80 minutes, two periods, 40 oh. minutes, back to back, publicly breaking wind can be hazardous. Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. The Mod Mr. Paul Weller, the changing man on Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan, Cynthia Templeton. We are here seeing you through until 7 o'clock. Thank you for your company. If you're new to our show, welcome aboard. And if you're a regular, it's lovely to have you back. We're talking about school punishments. Sunta was so good and a criminal mastermind. She was <laughs> once punished. Matt Morgan, rubbish criminal, just like the pain of being punished. I didn't mind it, actually. <laughs> Detention, you just do your homework. Yeah. It was actually quite helpful sometimes. Mm. But you're not given another another thing to do in detention? Um, no, well, a lot of the time you were just held in the room. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, sometimes it was the ping-pong essay or lines, yeah. really. That four-second pause was the rogue deck of your mind going through a lot of detention. No, do you know what I was thinking <laughs> in those four seconds, if it wasn't that long, um, was... Did they have to tell your parents you're in detention or did they used to give you a detention for the next day? Because that's quite weird, isn't it? It's like 45 minutes, you'd be 45 minutes late home. Yeah, yeah. So my parents would have been worried, you'd think. Yeah, see, I, I could never did make... You, did you ever make up a medical letter from your parents that you'd hand in and say, I can't do that today? It's a problem. I couldn't really do that, could I? <laughs> a medical professional in the family. It never really worked. But I was always amazed, looking back, that it was so hard to fake a letter. Yeah. It's not like our parents were like calligraphers. 
<laughs> with a quill. 83936 at Radio X, get in touch with you as we've had loads. Alan from Edenbridge is going to get started. He said, I scratched my initials into a school bin. Of course he did. Uh, and he got caught, had to write his name over and over on the old computer paper. Remember that? Mm. Had the perforated edges. 100 sheets. It took me a whole week oh, of lunches and breaks. That's a lot of sheets. Punishment, isn't it? <laughs> our punishment at school was to write out a copy of our school's code of contact. Oh. It was the size of the freaking Bible. <laughs> I think that's the word that was missing. Andy the painter. Oh, it's Andy the painter's yeah. back. Uh, Paul in Bolton says, the wooden blackboard duster thrown at my head by Mr Wilcox 35 years ago. The dust went everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's a common one, isn't it? Yeah, Peter has had a double punishment. He said, listen to this one. I had to write the life of a ping pong ball for an essay. Couldn't do it, so then I got 500 lines. So oh. it's kind of a double punishment. inside the ping pong ball. That's even harder. <laughs> the ping pong ball doesn't, doesn't have a very interesting life. I think you said there wasn't much room in there. Yeah. <laughs> Not for two of you. Oh, I still owe Mr Alexander 250 lines for calling him Big Bert. He pulled me up last year. <laughs> 30 years after I left school, he still remembers. Nicky from Rothsey. P.S. I may have been a bit of a handful in school. Yeah, right. definitely. Okay. Yeah. Liz from Whitney says, the most inventive punishment has to be Mr Walker making you stand on one leg if he caught you swinging on your chair. Yeah. See, this, a bit much. Well, there's quite a lot of physical stress positions that are punishments, mm. aren't they? James Elliott's the same. He said, I, want to, I had to balance a pencil against the wall with my nose. That's quite common, isn't it? Or a penny. Mm. Or that stress position where you sort of, it looks like you're sitting down, but you're actually just against oh. the wall and your legs start to burn. Horrible, horrible. Mr McKenzie used to do that in Kinross. My late science teacher back in Antrim, Mr Mitchell. Now, this is quite violent, but stick with me on this because it is quite inventive violence. Okay. They called him Sned. <laughs> he, was, he was called because he used to get all the kids to line up and hold hands right at the end of a lesson he'd put any kid who'd messed around at the end of that lineup so the start of the line would then be made to touch the tesla coil so the current would travel down all the way down the line and zap the kid at the bad end they're, they're also learning <laughs> raymond so... and Hobson. that's great isn't it 83936 at radio x get in touch with your inventive school punishments we would love to hear from you I bet Sam Fender was on the receiving end of loads when he was at school. We will we talk on Radio X. More to come. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. The last, there she goes on Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan, soon to Templeton. We're in for Johnny for the next 10 days. Radio X. Right, it's just about ten past five on a Thursday, which is the perfect time to ask for some help from Carol Fialka. He's a real pop star from the 80s, and he's asking this question. Hey, Matthew, what do you see? Hey, hey, Matthew, what do you see? I see a man paying women to pull his pants up really high. <laughs> <laughs> Wedgie. Wedgie, yeah? You want to know the facts? I want to know Normally, everything about I this. highlight these stories, the good bits, the whole thing's highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> so this might take a while. Welcome <laughs> to Reading Out Loud with Matthew Morgan. It's, it's quite difficult to read out loud under pressure. But here goes. Man 26 pays women £100 to give him a wedgie in public as part of fetish. <laughs> it's not part of the fetish, that is the whole fetish. <laughs> yeah. The city worker from Camberwell, London, admits he receives a wedgie every other week and likes the humiliation, pain and domination. The man who wants his identity to be shrouded in secrecy, he doesn't, he just literally hasn't given his name. That Lit is it. His little Simon, name. little Simon. <laughs> Someone in this room believes his unusual fetish started when the act was carried out on him at school. He wants to ref be referred to as Bobby, right? <laughs> I don't know, that's got nothing to do with it. Are you sure it's not Bobby? 
<laughs> particularly likes being given a wedgie by women in crowded places. He says it's the perfect combination of humiliation, domination and pain. It's difficult to say when the thought of the wedgie shifted from nightmare to something that I now like. It's fair to say I endured a fair amount of wedgies. Endured, that is. not It's only later I started to enjoy them. <laughs> a fair amount of wedgies growing up. My school was pretty brutal. I remember one occasion in particular at the end of term, age 15, that I was hoisted up onto a tree branch by my underwear and left there. I remember a group of girls just stood there laughing at me and then they went on their way to class. <laughs> That's right. the terrible wedge, isn't it? I don't believe you were hung from a tree by your underwear. I don't think I that's do. possible. Like Surely not. Be I do. Or that is um, definitely manageable. He had to be helped down by the teachers, but he said that the image of the girls laughing at him really stuck there. So that's the humiliation, right? right? right. At university, I knew quite a big group of very confident girls who would jokingly give me wedges every now and again. By this stage, it had definitely become something I didn't mind. <laughs> Bobby says he receives a wedgie around every other week, although it varies, right? He spends hundreds a month, right? So he has two... He has one every two weeks. That's yeah. two a month. So he's spending hundreds of pounds on two wedgies. Right. I don't think it's worth it, but... And uh, he says he can afford it because he works in the city. How much I pay slightly... <laughs> how much I pay slightly depends on how good the wedgie is, he yeah. said. So he doesn't agree the price up front. Right. He wants some incentive to make them really go for it. <laughs> The most I've spent is £100 for one, where these two women rip my pants off in Hyde Park on a busy summer afternoon. <laughs> I don't have a particular favourite place, but somewhere busy is always good, Bobby added. I would wager there are so quite, a few, questions. quite a few Radio X listeners now going, 100 quid? Do that for 80. <laughs> <laughs> that for 20 quid? To 20 quid. a long line of people. I could do, I could... Yeah, that is a, a pretty... I've never heard this before. In newspapers, used to often get stories about court cases where such and such has been found guilty of certain acts with traffic cones. It was quite a common one. There was a particular character in Scotland who liked to do that. Right. Hmm. But that's a new one, the wedgie, the turbo wedgie. Yeah, but it's also weird because it's <clears throat> something that happened at school. Yeah. Right, to him, and then has, like, become a sort of thing he enjoys later in life. Yeah. It's a sort of form of bullying that he's got into. Yeah. And it has to be women doing it. But, like, the things that happened to me, it's got, like, having an apple thrown at your head. Yeah. Imagine I, that was your fetish. There was, a ter- there was a terrifying thing done to us at school. And bear with me, it was called polling, right? And the older lads had grabbed one leg each, and then they had I these... think we know where this goes. No, 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 no. Old class, they were old uh, cloakrooms. Right. And had one leg either side, and then slam you towards the pole, pull you towards the pole, and rattle. It was really sore. And it was like... And a, how much a, do you pay prostitutes now for that? <laughs> A fortune. (laughs) (laughs) Right, this is Blossoms, your girlfriend, on Radio X. Radio X. The Plutons, slight return. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan, Cinta Templeton, and that was from the Gordon Smart 1997 Renault Clio mixtape. (laughs) Just so excited, that isn't it? Since the um, Nissan Micra, is that what you had? Yeah, well, it's my mum's. <laughs> I got stuck in a car park once, yeah, too proud to go into the pub and ask people to move their cars. <laughs> so I just scraped down one side <laughs> as I left. Matt, you mentioned to me there, could you paint a picture of what you were like when you were 17? I think I was far too clean, just on the off chance that anybody would show any kind of affection yes. for me. But you, what were you like? Is, uh, were you a clean 18, 19, 17 year old? I thought I was, but then um, I wasn't, apparently, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, people have said that my ex-girlfriend from that time said that uh, I smelt of oils. <laughs> and, I, and you know when girls go, oh, it smells of boys in here. I was always yeah. getting that. But I lived, um, when I was at university in first year, I lived with this Spanish bloke, and he said to me, you have a dog at home? And I said, uh, no. He goes, oh, when you're here, it smells of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it always stayed with me. 
Carlos, his name was. <laughs> Give us a little bit more of Carlos. He used to. He, I have to. I sleep like this with my arms across my chest. He went went to like some, I don't know, like place where the, there were monks teaching yeah. the boys, but they were trained to sleep like a vampire with their arms across their chest for Catholic reasons, let's just say. And that's how he slept, even as an like you know well, away from that. As a little tribute to Carlos, your long lost uh, flatmate, would you introduce the music news as Carlos, please? Okay. This is the music news. <laughs> music news. Foo Fighters. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. This year's Glastonbury headliner is the Killers. Jenny was a friend of mine. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan, soon to Templeton. In for Johnny Vaughan. I was asking you for your parents' evening shame. 83396 at Radio X based on the fact that I once confessed that my recorder wasn't working very well. <laughs> it was me. Matt, have we been saying anything good? Uh, yeah, Rich in Somerset says, My parents' evening shame. My son's was World Book Day, so I got a telling off from his teacher dressed as Harry Potter <laughs> for my son not paying attention in class. You can't keep a straight How face. How you tell a parent off for the son not paying attention in class? I'd say, make the lessons more interesting. I like it. Mr. Mr. Potter. <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Another Glastonbury headliner, The Cure. In between days on Radio X, Gordon Smart, soon to Templeton. Matt Morgan, we're here covering Johnny this week and next week. And we're talking about parents' evening shame when your children or your parents have been responsible for a lot of embarrassment. Soon to Templeton, yes. would you like to take us away with some of our lovely listeners' horrible moments? I'm really glad I get to do this one. Um, so it, there's no name on it, but the number ends 530, and it simply says, Monge 2, Monge 2, as you sit down to your daughter's French teacher, isn't <laughs> recommended. <laughs> Aww. I love it. Yeah, I like it's that. good. It's good. Once when I was a kid, I went to parents' evening on my own and represented myself. I knew it was going to... <laughs> represented <laughs> myself. <laughs> I knew it was going to be bad, so I said they were on holiday without me as I was old enough to look after myself at home. It was a bit awkward, but definitely worth it, Charlie. That can't be true. No. I like you go it. along to parents' evening as yourself. I do like it. I do like it. Uh, Mr. Mond said to my mum and dad, whilst leaning back in his seat, putting his feet on the desk and his hands behind his head, well, Ian is very laid back, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was at a parents' meeting and everything, parents' evening, and everything was going well until my dad sneezed on the teacher's face, <laughs> which in turn dislodged a piece of pork chop stuck oh. in his teeth, which landed in her mouth. Oh! <laughs> Still haunts me, oh. Dave in Glasgow. Oh. Dave That's in Glasgow. so awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Rotten, isn't Ugh. it? Absolutely rotten. Um, Becky in Stockport. I got my first tattoo, age 16. Went into school, showing it off. It was parents' evening that night. <laughs> my dad went straight from work, so I didn't get the chance to show him the forbidden tattoo. Subsequently, my teacher said, Rebecca's tattoo is nice, isn't it? To which my dad replied, what? Bleeding tattoo. I was grounded for weeks, Becky. That's not how you that's want illegal, to That's illegal, isn't it? Because you have to be 18. Do you? Mm. Hey, yeah. Well, that's a good bit of public service broadcasting you provided there, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Constant. Uh, uh, Mark from Kent says, um, and <laughs> I don't, but if you start a text with, this wasn't me but a colleague, you don't I don't believe yeah, you. Not having it. Not so Mark from Kent says, we were working nights and it wasn't uncommon to have a glass of wine when you got home in the morning to wind down. So obviously it's the end of your working day, but it's the morning. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Imagine the hilarity uh, when uh, this guy was presented with his daughter's homework about <laughs> breakfast at our house. <laughs> Apparently they oh. nearly called social services when she got to. And Daddy has wine for breakfast. <laughs> I've, done, I've worked nights, and you do. 
you're so like a 12 hour shift and you yeah. don't see daylight and you come home you do drink in the mornings I can vouch for that. Mm. Good. I remember watching The Big Breakfast drinking. <laughs> that feels like a show that would have been gone well so, with yeah, it. Yeah, it's like TFI Friday, but in the morning. Yeah. Long way around. 8 through 96, Out Radio X, get involved with your parents' evening shame. Can you imagine Pete Doherty's uh, parents' evening? Oh, I imagine his breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> this is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan.